Hey everyone, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Wednesday, March 21st, and I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. and did you hear that, folks? He's back! He's back. With a vengeance. Ooh, back and back. alive. How you feeling, buddy? I feel so much better. It's not a million percent, but I'm a million percent better. Shitty, tough week, but y'all carried it, and I appreciate y'all, and I appreciate KJ Kelly Jennings for doing it. Um... First time in five years that I missed everything, but I got to enjoy y'all. So I'm looking at him, Jim. I'm thinking we're taking a certain risk today. Take it. Take I'm it thinking he came back fast because he's like, God, I got to get back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. So the so we were an afterthought that way as well. Hey, so it, and you died for you. I lost ten pounds last week did and you? didn't smoke nearly as many cigarettes. <laughs> Didn't so drink any mo- beer. You yeah. saved money. What, yeah, didn't drink, oh, uh, what yeah. about the Drizzly we said? Drizzly.com are my jam and my people. Best home delivery alcohol system in the world. Yeah, I but agree. Not, not Norway, Louisiana. Woody, did you, uh, were you able to use your new ZocDoc service? I mean, how'd Zoc, you get? ZocDoc is the bomb that, um, in the, my doctor who I found through ZocDoc, Miranda, she's fire, she's loved, and took care of me because um, I certainly wasn't able to take care of myself. But ZocDoc.com, y'all, if you need, if you're sick, you're down, you're out, you need to see somebody, a highly ranked professional, fast, go to ZocDoc.com and use code RRC. Okay, but we can't promise every doc will be fire. I mean, I don't, I don't well, know how... You got the Woody Overton. When your doc calls you at nine o'clock at night, yeah, that's fire. Oh, that's that part's fire. Okay, I got uh, I got the fire. I would hope that the I mean they're all top ranked professionals. Um, The insurances and everything. Mine mine worked. uh, uh, Just the care and the love, and it was because of Zogdoc dot com. Beautiful. Well, Woody, there's a story that's. Dominating the headlines. Yep. Yep. So, y'all, I'm going to throw this one out there real quick. It'll just take a second, so bear with me. Uh, former President Donald Trump has not been arrested yet. I think it's all a big political ploy, but guess what? We're not bringing you politics here on Real Life Real Crime Daily. If he gets arrested in the world riots, certainly we'll cover it. Other than that, that's all I have to say about it. Ditto. <laughs> so, and folks, but, if you do care about politics, yeah, yeah, if, if y'all, the death of journalism, the, the yeah, death of right, journalism right. podcast with yes, John Ziegler, go, go listen to it, listen it, all day long if you care about politics. It makes you smart, right? Makes you smart, and we're here for true crime. And I'm gonna kick off the first story. Y'all been we've been talking about the story. Um, I told you from the beginning it was it was gonna end. It's gonna end up being a murder charge still, but. Nathan Millard, who was a Georgia businessman, everybody knows, came to Baton Rouge, went missing for about a week. Um, they found him wrapped in plastic in, in a large piece of carpet. And Baton Rouge City said what they said, whatever, no foul play. No foul play. Yeah, no foul play. Well, guess what? That's bullshit. Uh, but I'm going to just touch you up on it real quick. So on Sunday – um, March 19th, the police actually got a warrant signed to uh, arrest Derek Perkins, 
and who was with Nathan Millard in hours that led up to his death. Uh, investigators say Perkins allegedly wrapped Millard's body. I, I'm going to take allegedly out. Well, anyway, we'll just say allegedly. Invest, investigators say Perkins allegedly wrapped Millard's body in a plastic and a large rug after the Georgia's businessman accidentally overdosed in a house on Lori Burgess Avenue, which if you're from Baton Rouge, that's a, a new name for the old East Washington Street. Not a great neighborhood. But Perkins rode around the Baton Rouge area with Millard's body in the trunk for two to four days until the odor got too bad, and he dumped the body on Ontario Street behind the abandoned Rhodes funeral home. Now, y'all remember, they weren't releasing that location, so they have released that. But it, it was later located on Monday, March the 6th. And according to the BRPD, Perkins was arrested on Monday, March 20th, for his involvement in improperly disposing of Millard's body. Uh, according to the arrest documents, Millard and a few others reportedly sought out Perkins, a known drug dealer who goes by the name of, can you guess it, Jim Chapman? OG drug dealer? Nope. Got, you got a guess? <laughs> um, uh, Bunny. Uh, Bunny's a drug dealer and yeah, the well, mayor of Kingstown. Well, this guy's name was... Stanky. Oh, it's close. Hell but yeah. But they spell it S-T-A-N-K-A, Stanky. What you got for me, Stanky? Stanky. Stanky got my shit. Stanky, um, stanky got something stanky right? in his trunk. So police yeah. said police said Millard met up with Stanky. No, no, I'm sorry. Police said Millard met up with a man at the Greyhound bus station where he withdrew money from the ATM. We told you all about that. Um, people close to the case told police that Millard and the man walked along Florida Boulevard where they met a female prostitute. I bet her name might have been Stanky, too. It might have been. <laughs> Miss Stanky. <laughs> Stanky. Oh, God. Uh, and then they got in touch with Derek Perkins, that Stanky, y'all, while looking for drugs. Uh, Perkins picked them up in a light blue Toyota Camry. Police said witnesses told them there was already another woman in the car. Might have been Stanka Stanka's sister. Yeah. Uh, the, um, from there, the group drove to a convenience store on Nicholson Drive, which is the last place police say Millard was seen on camera. But through the course of our investigation and after interviewing people who had contact with Millard, they were actually Millard and some other individuals were out looking for drugs. That's according to BRPD. Police said Millard and Stanka eventually drove away and went to a house in South Baton Rouge on Lori Burgess Avenue where Millard allegedly overdosed on a drug called Blue Magic. Now, I said this from the beginning, but next part I'm about to tell you. Blue Magic, but it has some form of fentanyl in it. So they believe it was fentanyl, y'all, that I uh, took in. Somebody might have given them some Narcan. But Stanky, Stanka, uh, tried to alter the car afterward. He changed the license plate several times before. Now, how do you get several license plates changed? They should have charged his ass with theft of license plates, unless he just had a collection, but whatever. Um he changed the license plate several times before burning it. Now, I'm pretty sure Stanka didn't have uh, full coverage insurance, so that insurance crime wasn't a charge if he had insurance at all. 
But police found the burned car on Osceola Street less than a mile from Millard's body was found, according to the warrant. So there you have it. Um, now, I'm going to give you all this little bit of knowledge. The I can assure you they're going to come out and charge somebody with the actual uh, giving of the drugs to Millard in Louisiana. We did the the first case that I know of in like 2003 here in Livingston Parish where three young men, uh, tragically, I say men, three young teenagers, uh, were at a fire, a bonfire, and somebody gave them uh, a bunch of oxys, and they all OD'd on them. We found them dead the next morning. So we charged the person who gave them um, the oxys with secondary murder. And I hear that on this case, they're getting their ducks in a row Getting the other witness to testify who actually gave the the uh, blue magic with the fentanyl in it. So it, there will be a second degree murder coming out of this, and we'll keep you updated on real life, real crime daily. Because this is where we talk about true crime shit. T C T C. Yes. So just when you thought it was safe to not hear the word murder. Oh, yes. Here we go. The gift keeps on giving. It's kind of like herpes. <laughs> That's right. It just keeps coming back to you. They're they're like the Terminator. Not that I've ever had herpes because I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> Not that you're speaking from experience. Right, right. right. I get it. It could be crafts, too. But <laughs> I, I'll defer to Mike's knowledge on that one. Blue claws. Blue claws. Yeah. All right. So Buster Murdahl says he had nothing to do with Stephen Smith's 2015 hit and run death. As oh, shit. Smith, I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> as Smith's mother prepares to exhume his body. So the older son of former attorney and convicted murderer Alec Murdahl is pleading to have his name omitted from news coverage of the death of a young man in 2015. Can I interrupt real quick? Sure. The I'm pretty sure I mowed some more beer on something because yeah, somebody took a two-week outside bed on Shit. how long the girlfriend was going to dump him. I'm pretty sure it's been like a month and okay, a half. Okay, okay. But hoping, the only remain, hoping the thing that made me remind he now he wants his name out of the media. Well, fuck, I guess you do. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to forget that, Woody. Yeah. But we actually don't have proof that she's still with him in that place. We don't have proof either that. way. I mean, he's he's staying there, but is she there with him? And that's a story inside a story, folks. Okay. So yeah. I, I lose. Sorry. I, I'm I, 0 for 4 lifetime against Woody. We'll quit it often. That's, a, that's why I have a drizzly.com. <laughs> so it's important to mention that Buster Murnau has not been connected with the death of Stephen Smith, who was 19 when his body was found on a country road in South Carolina. The discovery was made roughly 15 miles or so from the Murdaugh home and two to three miles from Smith's vehicle, which had run out of gas. These baseless rumors of my involvement with Stephen and his death are false, Buster Murdaugh said in a statement. I unequivocally deny any involvement in his death, and my heart goes out to the family. I'm requesting that the media immediately stop publishing these defamatory comments and rumors about me. Lawsuit. That's exactly right. And he's putting it out there so that he can say, hey, I told y'all to quit talking about it. Now, a July 8th, 2015 autopsy reported by a pathologist at the University of South Carolina determined that Smith had been struck by a vehicle. It's cited as evidence for that conclusion, a stretched brainstem, 
irregular abrasions and contusions, and blood in his airways. The report also ruled out gunfire, noting the absence of projectiles or bullet fragments in the body. Non-medical investigators believe Smith's body had a defensive wound, which is a factor that may have led law enforcement to see the case as a possible homicide. Did they not find any like vehicle damage sign? That's correct. So they had really no evidence at the scene that you would look for in right. in such a such in a crash where a, a pedestrian was hit. You would look for broken glass, cracked signal covers, yeah. uh, all of those things. Kind of my experience, you get hit by a car, there's shit and there's shit on the roadway. Period. Right. If and you're dumped, there's not. Th- this was a pretty remote country road as i recall is that is that right yeah that's correct probably the last place you'd want to run out of gas yeah well there's no debate he he ran out of gas well did he run out of gas or did somebody empty his gas tank no he ran out of gas because he called his dad on the on the way while he was walking and said i'm out of gas the Oh, I did not. <laughs> let me, let me so he definitely would, ran out of gas. Okay. I'm not trying to get sued by this asshole. But the the, the uh, whatever I watched before they alleged that he was in some type of sexual relationship with the Murdoch boy, right? That is the alleged, and um, you know where what the conspiracy theory, I guess, at this point is is that he called Buster to come pick him up after he talked to his dad, and. Uh, I want to say they have a, a cell phone record where he called him, but I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. That late at night, wasn't it late at night? That would be an official booty call. <laughs> so there was no evidence of the scene. As I continue, doctors disagreed that Smith's device, demise was anything other than a hit and run. The driver of the vehicle allegedly involved has never been found. Now, Murdoch said he suffered harassment by members of the media. They followed him during road trips, parked outside his residence, and they even captured photos of him inside his Hilton Head Island home. With or without his girlfriend? <laughs> That's you the already question. Won. Leave it alone. I'll have to look it up. I have tried my best to ignore these rumors about my involvement of Stephen Smith's tragic death that continue to be published as I grieve over the brutal murder murders of my mother and brother, Murdoch said. He added, I love them so much and miss them terribly. Now, there was a news conference, and in that news conference, Ronnie Richter, a lawyer working the case, said in a response to a reporter's question about Murdoch's statement that the legal team had nothing to say. We're not mentioning Buster's name one time. This is not about Buster Murdoch. So this is about Stephen Smith. There's no reason to discuss Buster Murdoch. There's no comment to make back to Buster Murdoch. Richter's partner added, as we sit here today, Buster is a victim. He lost his mother a brother, and now his father is in jail. Buster, as we know, has nothing to do with this, and whatever is mentioned, that's what investigators are going to look at. But we have no knowledge about the Murdoch's having anything to do with this right now. We're starting with a fresh set of eyes. Well, except that we were told that they found evidence relating to Stephen Smith's death on the property, Moselle, during the murder investigation. We were. Yeah. Oh. I but, didn't I never heard that. 
Yeah, that's why they started looking at it, but they've never said what evidence they found. You know, Are you I, sure? I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure about that, but I can tell you this. My professional opinion would be um, there's no such thing as this many coincidences, this many dead bodies on whatever. Certainly, I, ha- I have no direct knowledge, but I'm going to tell you something. You get hit by a car where it causes that kind of trauma to the body. I mean, I've worked so many. I've just recently, uh, last year, uh, a guy from Saudi Arabia ran over a student uh, um, from Saudi Arabia, ran over a guy on the bicycle late at night when got his his homie, his boy, to come. He said, said hey, my, uh, my, I, I got my car stuck on the levee. And he takes him out there, and the guy doesn't know anything about the body. He just pulls up and sees all the shit in the road and sees the car up on the levee, the lights facing the other direction. So I polygraphed and I said, did you see a body? And he didn't. And he said, but I knew there had been an accident. Well, he, he hit the guy and knocked him about 30 yards in the, in the woods. So uh, the, the other thing is if, if there's a body in the middle of the road, it just doesn't happen. If you get hit, you're getting knocked. And and the first thing you lose, most people don't know this. What's the first thing you lose? Your life? Shoes. Shoes. I've well, never seen somebody too. get hit where they didn't lose at least one shoe. And, and his shoes were lying in the middle of the road with his shoes on. There you go. Well. So Woody believes absolutely this was I a have, murder. I have no direct knowledge, but something doesn't doesn't pass. He was. Smell he, yeah. You don't doubt he was. He was. Uh, and, he I was mean, hit. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I no. Mean, no. I doubt he was hit. I. I think you don't doubt he was so, murdered. It, it, you yeah, just don't right, know who right. did it necessarily. I don't believe he was hit by a car right there in the middle of that road, and there's no signs of it. Well, his his mother wants to get to the bottom of it, obviously, and she started a GoFundMe page to raise money a couple of weeks ago to exhume the body. That stuff ain't cheap, y'all. Yeah. Uh, and perform an independent autopsy after questions, obviously, were being raised. Now, uh, it's a good, you know, we, we're going to kind of end this story on a good point, and that is uh, Smith said the autopsy cost about $7,000. And a medical examiner about seven hundred fifty dollars an hour. Right. The fundraising page in just a couple of weeks has raised forty four thousand one hundred forty dollars, which is almost three times its original goal of fifteen thousand. Yeah, and you know, hearts go out to the families, uh, every, all the families in this shit show. The, um, you know, hopefully they'll find some answers. Amen on that. Yeah, and you got you got to go back to who the family was. This why this story garnered so much national attention is is because of who the family was and their connections, et cetera. And now this certainly predated the execution of his of his other son and wife and all that shit. And then throw in the housekeeper too. You just don't have that many dead bodies in your life. This just doesn't happen. You don't believe in coincidences. Nope. No, it's not, not in, a, in a homicide investigation. No, I don't. Yeah, and that GoFundMe's now got over $60,000 in it. And so unless well, unless she put it in Silicon Valley Bank, she's probably doing yeah, uh, right. yeah. pretty well Jeez, with uh, Yeah, I, I agree with, with you on that. that. Just to clarify on this thing, so SLED has opened an investigation into the Stephen Smith death based upon, quote, information gathered during the course of the double murder investigation 
of Pawpaw and Maggie. They didn't write Pawpaw. I just did that. Of Paul and Maggie Murdoch. Oh, no. Pawpaw and Maggie. This officer Crosby from SLED uh, added that that this is a fresh set of eyes. So SLED opening its own investigation, and the investigation will include evidence and statements, quote, gathered during previous investigations. So whether – they actually found something during the double murder investigation or uh, or otherwise, that's what uh, uh, that's what led SLED to, and uh, to be involved. throw it out there, if you don't know what SLED is, basically that's their um, state troopers, South Carolinas, or their major law enforcement division. All right. Yes, or it, it is. Or it could mean South Louisiana Educational Department. It could mean... <laughs> Okay. Slow learners eat dicks. Moving, <laughs> moving forward. Let's go to Oklahoma where the wind isn't the only thing sweeping across the plain. Um, oh, my God. What are these people doing, man? Go ahead. Lawrence Paul Anderson pleaded guilty to three counts of murder in the first degree. Let me tell you the story of Mr. Anderson. He's been sentenced to life in prison without parole, this was on Wednesday, for the murder of his uncle, his uncle's four-year-old granddaughter, and a next-door neighbor woman whose heart he cut out and cooked. Tastes like pork a bit. I told you got you that right. I don't know the heart might be. Court, <laughs> court documents revealed that Lawrence Paul Anderson, 44, confessed to stabbing 41-year-old Andrea Lynn Blankenship, his 67-year-old uncle Leon Pye, and his uncle's granddaughter, K.S. Yates, to death on or about February 9th, 2021. So this is a case that uh, is a couple years old and finally getting uh, into the courts. This all happened in Chickasha, Oklahoma. He also admitted to injuring his aunt, Delcy Pye, Pie suffered a broken tailbone and ribs and can only see out of one eye because the other was allegedly gouged out by Anderson. A lot of eye gouging that this guy, week yeah, as well. Houston ate okay. So according to the Oklahoman big paper there in Oklahoma, Blankenship was Pie's neighbor, as we said. The publication reported that Anderson confessed to killing her. But he broke through her back door. He stabbed her approximately 40 times before gouging out her eye. Mm. Her eye wasn't the only thing he cut out. As long as he was stabbing her 40 times, he had easy access to some other organs. So he brought Blankenship's heart over to his aunt and uncle's house. There, he cooked the heart. What vegetable goes best with the heart? I don't know, but he should put some uh, with potatoes. Bunkaka seasoning on it. He cooked the heart with potatoes to potatoes. feed potatoes Paya. to feed his Paya. family, Paya. quote unquote, to release the demons. Yes. After trying to serve the heart to them, Anderson then assaulted his aunt, uncle, and their four-year-old granddaughter. Told you to eat that shit. Anderson pleaded guilty to three counts of murder in the first degree one count of assault and battery with a deadly weapon, and one count of maiming on Wednesday. They left out cannibalism. His sentencing was part of a plea deal 
not to seek the death penalty at the request of the victim's families. I guess the the families didn't want to relive all of this crap in court and didn't care about giving them the death penalty. So it was a plea deal to uh, life without parole. Uh, yeah, well, I, what, what I like most about cooking is the smell. Now I'm wondering what a heart smells like when it's cooking. <laughs> well, here's maybe the worst part of this whole thing is that it was all a mistake. The murders happened after Anderson was released early from prison in a January 2021 mistake. Again, according to the Oklahoman, Anderson was freed months after Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt commuted his prison sentence. But a grand jury investigation confirmed that Anderson was ineligible to have his sentence commuted. So how the hell does that happen? I don't know. But, I mean, I just don't get it. That I mean, that one might take the cake. Heart, I guess he sliced Well, it and up. is anyone yeah. surviving to sue? I mean. I don't know. Uh, maybe the four-year-old. The, I'm, no, I'm not no, making light. No, no. Oh, I'm they, sorry. They killed. killed. Four, no, the one with the eye cut. No, she's No, they're all too. killed. Oh, damn. They he killed, killed everybody. He, he killed them good. I'm he, like, he killed them uh, thoroughly good. Tasha Yates, who is the daughter and the mother of um, the well, four-year-old who was killed swore at Anderson in court before leaving, yelling, who kills a baby? Who does that? On judgment day, I pray your heart is full of fear. She yelled at him. What fear, fear tastes like in a heart. Yeah. Hey, the guy, I got make Freaking a comment. nut job. The uh, absolute nut job, you know, they should kill his ass. Somebody would probably kill him in prison anyway. But last week when y'all did the story and I wasn't here <clears throat> about the dude from Houston the, on death row uh, cutting out his own eyes and shit, you a bad motherfucker if you can gouge out your own eye. But now this guy cuts out the eye. <clears throat> they didn't say if he ate it or not. So they must have found it. I bet the eye tastes like fish. It's like sushi. Gummy bears. Yeah. Is that your favorite story we did without you last week? I did, I liked a lot of them, but that was a, that one I had been keeping up with anyway. That's a bad dude. How about my hillbilly hand fisherman? That who, was that was the cause, yes cause, yes. Cause big, I defer. Bigfoot was closing in. I on defer him. because Bigfoot was there. Here we call it the Rougarou. That's Rougarou, right. The Rougarou is the Cajun Bigfoot. It's the half Rougarou. man, half werewolf. So this dude saw the Rougarou. Y'all got to go back and listen to the episode. It's funny as fuck. I'm sorry. The, uh, well, half man, half werewolf it. sounds a lot scarier than uh, the Rougarou than, than, is, uh, is a real deal. I mean, he didn't have a choice. Yeah, I mean, he said, "Yeah, hey, I, hey, look, if it was if it was you and I, I don't have to be fast. I just got to be faster than you." That's it. He made sure he was faster than him because he. Oh, he made logical. He, knew he made were, logical right, choices yeah, given absolutely. the. the I mean, I mean, the being dilemma. the fact that that Sasquatch was there. Yeah. I mean, but like He's you said, go for the easy I don't kill, believe. Right? See now, this asshole in this story is from Oklahoma too, right? And so maybe they should ask him about Sasquatch mm. before he ate the heart. You know, the heart. Let me tell you something. The heart has because I do it on deer. The, the uh, you have to take out. The ventricles, right? The the valves, the whatever mm-hmm. the fuck you call this thing is the blood runs through. You got to get those out, and then you can you can fillet it open like that and cut it open. I don't get. I mean, hopefully he didn't try to serve it to him by just cutting it with the tough shit in it. Yeah, maybe that's why they bucked up on him. 
I eat artichoke hearts. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Those aren't nearly as big a problem as. Well, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Uh-uh. No valves in those. But the uh, heart is good, but you can't freeze it. <laughs> you got to eat it fresh, for real. Huh? That's how the Indians used to do when they killed buffalo. What is it? What does it taste like? It fucking tastes like steak. It's great. It tastes like any other piece of it, No, no, it doesn't. It has a more distinct, more like steak flavor, but for some reason you can't freeze it. So there you have it. I wonder wow. if the liver king, y'all heard of the liver king? Le- hey, you ever ate boudin? Yeah. Full of liver. Boudin is mostly pork liver with yeah. a small amount of pork and rice. Have you ate boudin, Mike? Oh, but we're going to bless you. Um, All right, we we call that, where I came from, we call that foie gras. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I don't eat liver by itself. <laughs> I don't know that you would compare boudin and foie gras, but no, it, um, I don't eat um, the other rich people shit either. What's rich. eggs? A caviar. I don't like anything <laughs> that tastes like fish. Sorry, I go caviar. We've got a cold case story that I guess starts out in Mississippi and ends up in Louisiana. So, yeah, this uh, is Woody, gonna call upon you for some expertise yep. here, but. A a newborn girl was found inside of a garbage bag in a dumpster in Picayune, Mississippi, in April of 1992. So 30 years ago, right? Yeah. The parents of that newborn have been arrested in connection with the baby girl's death. Inga Johansson Carrier and Andrew Carrier, both now 50, face charges of first-degree murder in the death of the child— According to the Louisiana State Police, the newborn's cause of death was perinatal asphyxia due to smothering. The case was classified as a homicide, but there wasn't enough evidence at the time to convict anyone. The Picayune Police Department and detectives with the Mississippi Bureau of Investigations decided to reopen the case in August of 2021. With the help of advanced technology, DNA profiles, and fingerprints were developed from the preserved evidence. That's according to the Louisiana State Police. Shout out to them for preserving it. Can't tell you how many cases I had and we go back and shit's got lost or whatever. That's a long time. Yep. So Just think about 30-something years that baby's been, or that evidence, the bag and what have you, has been laid up somewhere in some dark corner of a room, and now with DNA, uh, 91 DNA was almost unheard of, or 92. Yep. So is that what's going on across the country now Absolutely. with all these bunch let of cold cases you, being reopened because of it? Especially in the state of Louisiana, Governor Bobby Jindal, when I was with state police, I bodyguarded him for his uh, inauguration, and that's the only thing he did because he fucked us the rest of the time in office. <laughs> uh, he didn't give us raises every year because he kept doing budget cuts. But the one thing he did that was positive was he allocated all kinds of funding for uh, new DNA techs in the lab, and they started running stuff. When I when I took DNA to the lab, I could have a, a rush letter from the governor and have somebody sitting in jail waiting on this shit to come back, and it would still take three or four months. So Jindal hired all these professionals, and shout out to them. I was supposed to be the speaker there May 9th for their convention at the state police headquarters, but I think KJ is going to get it. But the uh, – the he hired all these techs and then they allocated the funding because that shit's not cheap and and now it's it's advanced a lot since um, 
that time. So what's happening is they're getting grant money to go in and test everything that's in the rooms. Now it takes a while because you got shit 30 years, you know, some 50 years old and you, know, you got to find it, test it. And then now with all the uh, genetic, the, what do they call it, Jim? The family testing. Yeah. DNA, the DNA. Familiar DNA yeah. testing and all that. So I think it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. A wonderful, wonderful tool. And this is a horrible story. They need to go to murder fucking by you. Well, through investigative means, detectives were able to identify the infant's parents. You already said the 50-year-old Andrew Carrier and 50-year-old Inga Johansson Carrier, who were living in Louisiana at the time of the death, which is why the charges were brought there. So uh, the charges bring closure to the child, and it also shows the development of processing DNA and where we are now versus where we were 30 years ago. These agencies... Uh, can work together and can achieve a successful completion. That's uh, Louisiana police, uh, state police trooper, Kate Siegel, Stiegel, excuse me, uh, uh, talking about what, uh, what was able to happen here. So not only did they, were they able to bring this new technology, they were also able to work across agencies and really cross states yep. with the, the folks in Mississippi to make it. Shout happen. out so. for them uh, for making it happen. But geographically, Picking is not far. It's just not really far at all across the Louisiana state line from like the Slidell area. So, but uh, somebody must have brought it to their attention and whoever that hats off to you to a sweet baby rest in peace. All right. So y'all, I'm gonna take you to another one. Now you don't want to talk about some effed up stuff. Okay. You know, go to ZocDoc.com find you a good doctor, lots of good reviews and everything for whatever your whatever ails you or whatever you may need. Uh, I can assure you this asshole that I'm going to tell you about this doctor is not on ZocDoc.com. And remember, use code RRC. But so there was a resident doctor who was training in family medicine, um, and he was found to have an alleged, that's our favorite word on the show, huge cache of child porn. But he also allegedly recorded children as young as six years old using a, a camera hidden in a bracelet as he examined them. Dr. Bradford David Farrick, 32 years old, of Amherst, Massachusetts, was ordered held without bail on Tuesday. Uh, he had been completing his, his residency at Bay State Franklin Family Medicine Center since last summer. The U.S. attorney comes out and says, today we allege that this doctor who held a position of trust with access to children maintained child sexual abuse material. All right. So the first incident led to the discovery of Farrick's alleged depravity came when police uh, reviewed three cyber tests from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Y'all tell you about that. That is a beautiful group. They go... They just basically troll online for anybody uh, that you know has keywords about children or young kids and naked and, and shit like that. So they what they do that center, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and their algorithm, however they figure it out. And I've had a lot of cases I worked with them. So they they take that tip and they turn it over right to, for it to be investigated. So. Th- um, it suggested a Google account was uploading child pornography. 
Files had been uploaded to an IP address in Syracuse, New York area, and Farrick was attending the University of New York Upstate Medical University there. More tips reportedly found illicit material uploaded at an IP address connected to Farrick's parents' home. Investigators searching the home found 61 electronic devices, including hidden camera systems and memory cards holding thousands of images and videos purportedly showing child pornography. Um, Y'all, they also found, like I said, numerous hidden camera devices. They found one in the bathroom of a house belonging to Farrick's relatives who have two toddlers. The camera was designed to be masqueraded as a wall outlet. The box for the camera was found at the parents' house, right? So he, he, you know, you can get all this shit on spycam.com or whatever. I have a lot of for the business stuff I used to do. So you can get an electrical outlet, go and swap it out with the one that's there, but it's got a camera, but this jackass doesn't throw the box away. Um, anyway, he's just absolutely a monster, and they are going to give him prison justice. And, I mean... You know, you go to the bathroom, you like to think that somebody doesn't have a spy cam on you, but two toddlers? I mean, you had to get into these people's home. You knew they had two toddlers. You had to order that camera. Not to mention all the shit they found them with and everything else. And he's a doctor examining kids with a bracelet on with a camera. That is the devil. Period. I want to throw up hearing, right. hearing that. That motherfucker needs that's, to get, so needs what to get will, murdered by you. What, yeah. the, life in prison for that? What, what's Shit, the worst? I, I, that, I, I don't know what it is in, in Massachusetts. Hopefully, well, yeah, I, I mean, he, he's going to die in prison. Uh, uh, in Louisiana, it would be the, the possession of the porn. Just one, like one image is two years for having it and two years for, um, okay, so like, if I have child porn and I receive it, that's two years. If I send it out to somebody else, it's two years. If you got four hundred something images, you do the math. Um, but but that's secretly Louisiana, that's Louisiana, yeah, but and se- not Massachusetts, yeah, right. But secretly recording people, I don't give a shit. This dude, he's never going to have a jury trial if he, unless they're going to give him five hundred years anyway. Because you could put him in front of that jury or or tell this case in front of the jury where. You're a doctor, right? That's why I said this fucker wasn't on ZocDoc.com. You're a doctor, and you're 32 years old, and you're filming now. Uh, yeah, he works at a, a kid's clinic. And, and, and can you get your kid undressed, please? And I can see him in his, in his Superman underwear or whatever and doing it. Come on, man. That dude. And, I mean, as sick as this guy obviously was, how could no one around him through uh, through med school, through residency, yeah. all of these things he I'll had? To, how could why. nobody tell you why. figure out what the heck was wrong? I'll tell with you this? why. We'll go back to Denny Perkins and this parish that I work with every day and everything else. They are there's two types of child uh, offenders like this. What we call preferential is one profile and situational. Okay. Situational, the profile shows that's like the ice cream man riding around the neighborhood snatches kids because situation's right. They don't think their the crime's out ahead of time. They're not very intelligent 
or whatever. Um, this guy, obviously, was preferential. He had a certain age group he liked to offend against. He groomed his victims or he used his, his position and power authority as their doctor to get him in and, and do that stuff. So he puts on, you know, we all wear masks, right? Sometimes, right? But this fucker was wearing a mask every day. And, and hey, you don't just start at 32 years old. He's been doing this forever. Right. Yeah. Fuck him. Murder by you. Gross. I, I wish they put him in a salvation business. <laughs> he might. Yes. That would be good. Okay, so we're moving on to our uh, On This Day in Crime segment, and this is March 22nd, and we're going to bring you back to some of the most historic crimes that have taken place on that day. And In 1956, Martin Luther King Jr. was convicted for violating anti-boycott laws in Alabama. He had organized a boycott of the Montgomery City Buses. Yeah, I remember. Of course, that. that's a that was a big big day in history. Yeah, I wasn't alive, but I remember the story. Yeah. In 1991, Pamela Smart was convicted of the murder of her husband Gregory Smart. She conspired with her 16 year old student William Flynn and his three friends. Oh my God, do y'all remember that? Yes, I remember mm-hmm. that. She was she was putting the business on the students and got the students to kill her husband. And if you're curious. Whether she's still alive, she is. She's serving a life sentence huh. for Must be an easy that conviction. Prison. Yeah. Um, 1995, Colin Ferguson is sentenced to life in prison for the murder of six people and for injuring 19 more on the Long Island Railroad. Remember this, too? This is like one of the first mass shootings that, that, that I remember. Um, yeah. I, for quite a few years, took the... L-I-double-R, as they call it, um, from Long Island into Penn Station in New York City. Um, I kind of remember this. What year is 95? 95. Well, it was in 93, but he was convicted in 95. So I was 23 years old. It would have been when before Fox News was out, CNN was out or whatever. uh, But I remember it. I just remember thinking, holy shit, you're locked inside a train like that? like shooting fish in a barrel yeah yep. 2017 a series of shootings known as the schofield rothschild shootings take place in manhattan county wisconsin the man who committed the shootings mr vang had been <laughs> in a dispute with his wife before shooting two of her co-workers her lawyer and a police officer he died after he was shot in the police standoff sarah's law in wisconsin was passed as a result of that crime Horrible crime, shitty guy. He went to murder by you. Shout out to my people in Wisconsin. Love all y'all. I'll see you at the end of April when I come to our county. And our girl doing some time up in Wisconsin. Yes, right yes. Now. I'm going to go see Shabazz. I'm make Are a side you? trip. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to send her some uh, JPay money. JPay. What? <laughs> they call it something else now. You just put money on books back then. Now you can do it electronically. I am not telling you I've been researching how to do it, but maybe I have. I want to see her new Hannibal Lecter mask that they're making her wear. Either of you guys on TikTok? Um, so funny you should mention that. I got sent a t- I'm actually real life for crime has a TikTok thing with some pretty funny shit on it. Um, I don't never done the post myself, but I got a, a sent one by a lady who has over 500,000 followers this week. And um, she did a whole TikTok about Woody Overton in real life, real crime. She did. So uh, 
so Xi Jinping's probably looking at that right now. Probably say, trying to. I'm gonna go on her TikTok. Decide where uh, what China's gonna do about you, Woody. That's, that's <laughs> um, the one one thing. Even my most hardcore friends have never listened to Real Life of Crime and don't do the internet shit. They all about that TikTok. I need to watch it more, evidently. It, it's um, it's crazy. Well, if you guys were on TikTok, you might know about a TikToker, an influencer by the name of Taylor Frankie Paul. <laughs> no? Man, okay. woman. Well, uh, no, Taylor no, can be a guy's she's, name. She's, Frankie she's Paul a woman. is definitely She's a woman. Well, Taylor was arrested for alleged domestic violence in Utah. But I want to give you a little bit of a, a background here and tell you what's what's happening since she was uh, was released. Okay. So Taylor Frankie Paul is a popular Mormon mommy TikToker known for her, quote, soft swinging lifestyle. Mm. She's been arrested. She was arrested for alleged domestic violence in Utah. Officers arrested Paul, she's 28, last month after responding to a call at about 11 p.m. on a Friday night. She faces misdemeanor charges of assault, criminal mischief, and commission of domestic violence in the presence of a child. That's all according to the Harriman, Utah Police Department. The evidence also suggests that during the incident, Ms. Paul's minor child was injured by an action of Ms. Paul. Mm. We don't know exactly what that action was. Uh, I do suggest that everybody go and uh, take a look on TikTok or just Google Taylor Frankie Paul. We'll post it on the Facebook. uh, You will get uh, some of the photos that we've got. Cancel that, y'all. Go to Real Life Real Crime Daily's Facebook page. There you go. We're going to have a picture. Chapman will make sure the love is there. Okay, there you go. Maybe the kid got hit in the face with a booby. (laughs) Well, okay. so (laughs) It's not impossible. So uh, Paul was booked in Harriman and released pending her court date. Her status as a social media influencer has no bearing or impact on the investigation or outcome of the case, according to the Harriman Police Department. I don't know why. Except for we wouldn't be talking about it. It would. Um, Well, Taylor shares two children with her ex-husband, whose name is Tate Paul, with whom she announced her divorce last May in a live stream while opening up about their soft swinging lifestyle. I really need to know what that means. And implicating some other uh, TikTok influencers were involved. So I that guess they that, were involved in soft swinging, I'll say. Yes. I would assume soft swinging is what I know what swinging is. You uh, don't square, you actually just like make out and stuff. And so maybe it's like, uh, like exhibitionist. Or you just do it in front of each other? No, you don't do it at all. Soft swinging's like kissing and stuff. I understand you. You not. But no, pen- maybe, no I penetration. Do you I, get I think you skin. I think you get several bases there. Oh, so you're so cause swinging means you, yeah, you're with you're their spouse. Yeah. You're just not doing. Yeah, it, it's what our girlfriend from the Laverne Police Department in Tennessee was. But she did was, it with everybody. She well, she didn't want a soft swing. She wanted a hard swing. But if you remember, well, her hard. husband oh, was right. uncomfortable so, with the hard swing. And uh, yeah, okay. and so right. uh, anyway, I'm clear now. OK, 
almost making almost presented a uh, we'll put, on that story today. But have we'll put the we'll, saw swinging. Anyway, uh, here, let me let me listen. explain what's going on with Taylor. So her arrangement, Taylor's <laughs> arrangement with her ex was that they wouldn't go all the way. So they were again saw soft swinging. swinging, but she admitted that she did step out of the agreement. So, so she busted her, the rules and soft her swing. soft went to a hard swing <laughs> and it went to a hard swing with her new boyfriend, a gentleman by the name of Dakota Mortensen. Lord. She introduced him in a video back in July and revealed him as the guy she quote unquote cheated with. Yeah. So, Taylor is now resuming her regularly scheduled TikTok content following last month's arrest. And I caught a little bit of did Taylor. You? Yeah, I did. did. I, I caught a little bit of uh, a recent post of, 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 of Taylor. How'd that work out for you? Well, is it spank bank material? It, it, let's just say that there's, there's not a lot of <laughs> redeeming value to this content uh, other than. Other uh, than after today. She's going to be worldwide famous because we'll be sponsored on our RC Daily. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So you can you can go and and watch that. Um, in that, is there nudity in, it? in the video? No, it's no nudity. Um, you sound it, disappointed. But Mike. in the in the video, uh, Paula gets out of bed with Mortensen. She brushes her teeth. She gets dressed. She shaves her armpit. She has breakfast. Uh, with her morning medication and heads off to the gym with her bow before getting groceries at Trader Joe's. It's all very Americana, you, except for the how many, painted on outfit she's how wearing. How many minutes of your life did you waste on that? Uh, it's the, the good thing about TikTok is these are not long, oh, okay. long videos. Okay. Um, so uh, according to the Salt Lake County District Court records, Taylor entered a plea of not guilty during her initial court appearance on March 1st. She's since updated her Instagram followers that she's working on, quote, healing and, quote, therapy amid this, quote, very difficult time. The last few weeks have been the hardest weeks of my life, she wrote on her Instagram story. That's because she busted the rules. I want to thank all of those <laughs> who have Dakota been by said. my side, those who reached out and the strangers that stopped to hug me. I've silently, oh, I've silently been working on healing therapy, a blessing, starting classes, and I got the antidepressants to help me during this time. What's well, good that she got the meds on top of that. I'm starting to feel progress and will be back to work soon. Again, thank you for those who have given me grace at this difficult time. What kind of time. A, pre-trial, a pretrial protective order for Mortensen, that's the boyfriend, was denied at his request according to court docs, but one was entered on behalf of the children. Meanwhile, Paul is ordered not to consume alcohol. So she's been cut off. What's going on up there with the Mormons, man? Those are my people. I, I lived in Salt Lake City. You uh, had to go to an alcohol store. You had to get- um, You have to be a member, yeah. Yeah, you have to be a member. Yeah. And, you, yeah. and if so. you're not LDS, that's difficult. On Friday, the state removed the outstanding protective order with some stipulations, including that Paul cannot be in the presence of Mortensen and her children at the same time. This goes back to the- Injury that we don't really know about that happened Boobie, during. Boobie in the head. So yeah, um, she's not allowed to discuss the case 
with the kids while it is. But she can discuss on TikTok. Progress. She's not discussing the case on TikTok, but she's, you know, just working at getting herself back out there and and, uh, reuniting with her adoring friends who. uh, Well, inquiring minds want to know what kind of job she has. um, So there you go. That's the story of soft swinging and occasionally hard swinging TikToker Taylor (laughs) Frankie Paul. (laughs) Now I know what soft swinging means. All right. Well, there you go. So here we go to another one. And this one, you know, I won't be laughing at. Um, shout out to the district attorney, a pretty darn good friend of mine. I'm known for 25 plus years, uh, Scott Perilou in the 21st Judicial. Y'all, this story comes out, and I know we've had a lot of interest in it. It's a freaking sad story. And but we're going to get into it. And I know Jim's got some things he wants to say, and I have some things I want to say. But in A Meet, Louisiana, which is about 15 miles north of Hammond, probably an hour or so away from right now, um, Ryan Clark, 34, was sentenced to 35 years in prison and must undergo chemical castration after being convicted of second-degree rape and two counts of molestation of a juvenile. And he was convicted, y'all, after a confidential source came forward and told the cops about his sexual relationships he was having with a child for more than a year. And there's also a possible second victim. So my boy, 21st Judicial District Attorney Scott Perlew, announced the sentencing Tuesday the first 25 years of Clark's sentence will be served without benefits, meaning he can't get out and shit, y'all. Uh, but he will, re- will receive credit for time served. Along with jail time, Clark will agree to make no contact with the victims, which is standard, register as sex offender for life, which is standard, forfeit all parental rights, standard. But what's not standard is when he is released, he will be subject to chemical castration. Clark pleaded guilty to charges of secondary rape when the victim is prevented from resisting due to force or threats Two counts of molestation of a juvenile under 13 and sexual battery. Now, chemical castration, I never really need the process. The master of all researchers, Jim Chapman, has done it. But I want to throw this out. Um, Sex is 99.9% mental, and I one time had an 83-year-old priest that got a confession out of, and he told me everything, and he said, Woody, I'm 83, but I'm not dead. He said, I can't rape him anymore, but I rape him every day in my mind. But was he chemically castrated? I don't know. I think his dick was dead. Oh. Okay, well, let me tell you what. Stop, let me right. tell you what chemical castration is, and and first of all, there's two types. There are there is surgical castration, which is where they basically go in and they remove the gonads, uh, balls, the balls for <laughs> for those <laughs> unmedically trained. Uh, and then there's chemical castration where they basically use drugs and these and these drugs cause certain reactions in the body. Now, when you use them on male, male uh, 
folks. They can reduce the sex drive. They reduce the sexual fantasies. And they reduce the capacity for sexual arousal. So not only can you get it up, you don't even have the desire to get it up. So they, it mentally, it helps mentally. It it reduces the even desire to want to have sex. On the polygraph, part of the um, big deal in Louisiana doesn't use it, but for most states, if you get released as a sex offender, you have to go through intense three part. It's a three part. Um, where they monitor you. One is the probation officer. One is, is a caseworker. And the third is a polygraphist. And you have to be tested. Have you? Are you offending mentally? Or, uh, have you been around any kids? Whatever. But they have a test where they put their dick to uh, like a Doppler mm-hmm. radar, and they show them uh, child <laughs> porn images. I'm serious. They they show them child porn images to see if they get aroused. Yep. You get aroused. You get swung back to the jail cell. So these these the this pill will will supposedly it it uh and I'm sure it works it takes away the even the desire to want to have sex if for some reason uh you know it doesn't work it also takes away your ability to even get it up even if you wanted to females the effects are similar but the drugs also deflate the breast glands and expand the size of the nipple really yep. Has any female ever had it done? I guess so. They, oh, sure. They I mean, they got female rapists. Well, shit, Christina Const just got. It. I'm about to do an episode on her, but she needs that shit. That um, there you go. That's, I have to admit, I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed. Well, because I, it just sounds so much better. Yeah, chemical castration than what it actually. Like, I'm picturing you're taking a. You know, a quart of antifreeze, and you know, pouring it on the uh, on the guy's unit. Yeah, uh, because there should but be you, there should be some pain involved. I agree, but the thing is, even if they chop it off, it doesn't matter. They still mentally offend. Now, uh, the only thing I don't know, I don't know, unless they hook in the dick to a radar and they give them this castration and showing the pictures, maybe that's how they prove that it helps turn down the mind. Possible mind is is the biggest sexual organ you have. Possibly, and and uh, you know the first use of the chemical castration surprised me. It was 1944, really? the first time it was used. So it's been used for it was used on Bill Clinton in 1996. <laughs> wasn't it? That's Monica <laughs> That's why he used a cigar. So that's a that's my problem. If it doesn't turn off the brain, they can still use the fingers, the tongue, the nose, the ears, whatever you want to. Use. Right. Well, it supposedly turns off the brain, so I don't know. Yeah, I move towards. Uh, I vote for using actual like. So whatever company makes that drug, if you'd like to sponsor us, we'll have yeah. Woody try it out. <laughs> hey, uh, how do you know I'm not already trying? It <laughs> That's no. why I was sick last week. My wife will submit me for the trial. We're going to tell you about a shocking situation that happened at the Baton Rouge General Hospital, which is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My peeps over there. Yep. Uh, a nurse has filed charges after a patient threw hot coffee on her and attacked her. Now, the patient uh, had taken the lid off a coffee cup, set it on the table, and the nurse approached her to take the coffee cup away, thinking the patient was going to pour it on the floor. This was like a mental patient. The patient threw the hot coffee on the nurse and grabbed her by the hair, pinning her beneath the patient. The patient had such a tight grip on the nurse's hair that some of her hair was pulled out at the root. Another nurse stepped in to help her co-worker, but neither nurse could get free of the patient. 
The incident occurred in the ICU area of the hospital, which is locked and secured, so the, na- the nurses could not call for help. A maintenance man eventually saw the attack and called in security. The maintenance man restrained the patient, freed the nurses, and by the time security arrived, the three had the patient secured. Now, Baton Rouge General officials say they have a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to patients hurting any member of staff, and the nurse did have the option to press charges, which she did for assault. Give her. Now, Baton Rouge General Police responded when she wanted to press charges, and they took down the report. And the Baton Rouge General does confirm that the patient still remains a patient at the hospital. Meanwhile, the nurse did suffer uh, moderate physical injuries, including scratches and cuts, and was treated by the Baton Rouge General Health Team at the hospital. Hey, let me tell you something. There's nothing moderate about having your hair ripped out by the fucking roots. That shit hurts, which also tells me this patient is a female, uh, not male. They never said that, but females get a handful of that hair when they go to town. You ever watch two females fight? Nine times out of ten, they get a handful of hair and rip it out. I'm sure they must have just handcuffed her to the bed after that. Oh, yeah. They they probably gave her a little shot of something. A little feel good. Yeah, well. A little Thorazine for the the ride home. To them and shout out to the (laughs) maintenance man um, for helping them. Really good people. I'm going to give a shout out actually to all docs, especially the ones on ZogDoc.com. And nurses. And nurses too because I guess 13 years ago today I was incapacitated in the hospital. I was never supposed to walk, talk, or work or do anything again. Technically I was going to be a vegetable but they – the they got shit fixed. So then and then here we are. But I was I was in the hospital for like three weeks. Well, we thank y'all for listening to this episode and yes. please uh please continue to share yes. uh these episodes. Uh tell people about it on social media. It is uh how we grow here. Yes, and we are growing phenomenally and it's love. It's all because of y'all. Thank you so much. Um we're gonna bring you more and more I mean, we're never going to run out of crime stories, right? We're going to bring you more and more. And we know y'all are enjoying it. Please continue to comment, like Mike said, on, on everything so we can help bring you a better show. And we love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. And for Real Life, Real Crime Daily, peace. Show business. Shabiz.